Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. The evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world. Corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face. Welcome to Confidential Brief, where Chad Thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society. You're listening to Confidential Brief live on 101.9 FM in Johannesburg and streaming worldwide on highfm.com. It's just past the 10 past 12 mark on this Monday, the 18th of January, 2021. A nice day in Johannesburg, a little bit overcast, a little bit humid, but not as hot as it has been and will most probably have afternoon showers. The COVID report was quite scary today and it's it's something we all need to take cognizance of. We are going through a very tough time. And remember that Chai uh, FM has a toll-free helpline that anybody can phone from anywhere in South Africa with any problem that they have 24-7. It's 0800-24-24-36. And that's there for you, for you to be able to use so that you can get hold of, of people that care. We're going to be chatting today to um, a lady that has taken on a, a massive responsibility, and that's the fight against the international scourge of human trafficking. We're going to talk to Ramita Hanuman Pillay. But first, I'd like to remind you the views expressed on the show, not necessarily those of High FM or the presenters. High FM, your station of choice since 2008. You're listening to the Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. We're chatting about the very serious subject of human trafficking. And joining us is Ramita Hadaman Pillay, who identifies herself as not just an, an anti-human trafficking activist, but more importantly, as an abolitionist. And that takes me to my first question. Firstly, welcome to the show, Ramita. And secondly, an abolitionist is, is somebody that we expect to be fighting slavery. Is slavery still something in today's day and age? Hi, Chad. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. So, yes, an abolitionist is somebody that wants everybody on this earth, in this world, to be free. And slavery is a very important um, aspect that human trafficking revolves around. So, it's basically, human trafficking is basically modern-day slavery, where you would have forced labor upon people, forced criminal activities, sexual exploitation, removal of offices, um, smuggling of people. So all that accounts to uh, relating to or directly is a form of modern-day slavery. It's, it's a frightening topic, and I think a lot of people shy away from it. We live in such a jaded society that people don't want to get involved. They don't want to hear what's going on. They rather remain in their bubble, concentrate on their own lives without thinking about what's happening to others. How did you get involved in, in such a critical area of, of, of human rights? So I took a trip to Thailand in 2018. Well, let me just say that human trafficking has always piqued my interest because it's something that's very not spoken about. So that's just my personality. I, I like to research and things that people do not want to speak about. 
So anyway, I went to Thailand and I encountered um, one of the dancers on Bangla Road in Phuket. I spoke to her. She was barely dressed. She was dancing on top of a bar. When she came down, I asked her, do you like what you do? And she told me, I don't live here. I'm from another city in Thailand. I can't stop what I'm doing because they will kill my family. So she was basically trafficked from another city um, into Phuket and forced to dance and become a prostitute, a sex slave to visiting tourists. So that's how I got involved because it really touched my heart. And when I came home, I decided that um, I just want to do everything that I can to educate South Africans and educate the world about the legalization of human trafficking. So can we say that was an eye-opening experience for you and you started looking at things very differently, including the way you looked at um, our own continent and our own country? Yes, definitely. It was an eye-opener, ear-opener, mouth-opener, seriously. Um, I began to research whether trafficking happens in South Africa, in the continent, sorry, on the continent, um, in our local spaces, like our cities and provinces. And I was very, very concerned to note that it actually does. And it made my drive even more um, great in terms of educating people that this is happening around you and your child could be next. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you more about other areas of trafficking that people may not realize. We've seen mm-hmm. exploitation on farms. We've seen exploitation in respect of, of sex workers. And I want to break down with you the different types of, of trafficking that's taking place and how important it is that people be aware of it. We'll be back after this. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. You're listening to Confidential Brief live in Johannesburg on 101.9 FM, streaming worldwide on the High FM website and app at highfm.com. Today we're having a very serious conversation with Ramita Hanuman Pillay, and it's all about human trafficking. Before we went to break, I said that I wanted to discuss the different aspects of human trafficking because people seem to think it's just relating to the, the sex work trade, but it's far broader than that. Tell us a little bit more, Ramita. Okay, so um, I'll split it into a few uh, points, then it's easy for everybody to understand. The first one would be forced labor, where victims of this widespread form of trafficking, they come primarily from developing countries. They are then recruited and trafficked using deception and coercion, and then they find themselves housed in conditions of slavery, in a variety of jobs. Um, these can be agriculture, mining, fisheries, construction work, and other labor jobs. Then the second one would be 
enforced criminal activity, where this form of trafficking allows criminal networks to reap the a variety of illicit activities without the risk. So basically, victims are forced to carry out range of illegal activities, which in turn will generate income for the trafficker. These would include theft, drug cultivation, selling goods, forced begging. Victims also have quotas and can face severe punishment if they do not perform adequately. So just to elaborate on that, um, with criminal activity, if you are a victim in this type of trafficking, they would give you a target to say you need to sell, for example, 2,000 rand worth of cocaine, and if you don't, we'll beat you up or we'll kill somebody that kills you. So these victims are forced to do everything that they can to make that money or to face the consequences. Um, next one would be the one that's most commonly known by everybody, the sexual exploitation, where more women and children from developing countries and from very vulnerable parts of society, especially in developed countries, they are lured by promises of decent employment, into leaving their homes and traveling to what they consider to be a better life. But then, when they get to their destinations, it's totally different from what they expected. They are often provided with false travel documents and organized networks used to transport them to the country, to the city, where they find themselves forced into sexual exploitation and held in inhumane conditions and constant terror. <clears throat> so, so the Marita, next one, there's, before yes. you carry on, there's there's something I want to touch on here while we while we having the conversation about the um, first aspect, which was the forced employment. There's a couple of things that stand out for me. The one is regarding. Um, laborers that go to specific countries. We've seen it where Indian laborers and Bangladeshi laborers have gone to the Middle East to, to, to various states that form part of the UAE and neighboring states. And in particular, Qatar, where they've been employed to build stadiums, buildings, etc. But they have to live in a compound under lock and key. Their passports are kept from them and they don't have any rights or benefits and they're very lucky to get their full wage when they left or when they finally willing to leave that, that contract. It's almost like an indentured laborer type thing. But I mm. think what will, what will hit home more in South Africa is what we've seen at the robots or the traffic lights where we see a lady standing with three children and she's begging. And researchers mm. found that those children aren't necessarily her children. She rents those children from other mothers within the, the area where she stays and she brings them as a tool to, to guilt trip motorists into, into giving them money. And then of course there's the extreme in India where we've heard of young children being sold to syndicates who then suffer horrific injuries to make it look as if they were born with a, with a, with a deformed arm or a deformed leg to make it easier for them to collect. Can you touch on that just a little bit, especially the one with regards to the children that are being exploited by the beggars at the corners? Because I know there was a massive case in Durban recently. Yes. 
So what happens there, Ted, is that there will be an organized syndicate and they will be in charge of, well, not in charge, but they will control the people that are in their syndicate. So they would force them to stand at these traffic lights um, with these children that are also part of that syndicate, um, as victims, I mean, and pretend that these kids are there and, as you said, guilt trip them into, um, and guilt trip motorists into giving them money. And with them as well, it has found to be that they also have targets. So they need to in a certain amount of money on a daily basis. So they will not force, uh, sorry, will not face the consequences or, you know, get their daily meal. So yeah, it's very real. I think that that is the one that hits home the hardest for people to understand that may not have come across somebody trafficked into sexual work the way you saw in Thailand or hearing mm -hmm. of people that are kidnapped locally yeah. and taken to, to foreign countries is the fact that we can see it at the very traffic lights where we stop. Um, you've spoken about other examples. What are the more extreme examples in respect of human trafficking? Okay, another one is organ removal, where in many countries there's a waiting list for transport, and those lists are usually very long. And then criminals have seized this opportunity to exploit the desperation of patients and potential donors. And the health of victims even their lives are addressed as operations to be carried out in conditions which are not necessarily medical or safe. And you must remember the aging population and increased incidence of diabetes in many developers is likely to increase the requirement for organ transplant. So it will make time even more lucrative. So it's not just people um, who are living, it's organ removal as well. So people would be kidnapped, um, killed, and they all go. So, so yeah. yeah. No, no, go ahead. Okay, so the, the other one I was going to, add, um, to discuss with you is people smuggling. A very close connected to human trafficking, uh, many can fall victim to forced labor along the journey. And then smugglers will force migrants to work in inhumane conditions to pay for the illegal passage along um, and across borders. And we've seen this in South Africa as well. We've had several incidences specifically near the borders of um, Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, and Mozambique, where farmers have been found to have employed migrant laborers through, in inverted commas, um, labor agents. And these migrant laborers are undocumented, and being undocumented, the, 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 the general populace believes that they don't have rights. And the people that are now paying these agents are paying these agents direct to bring them this labor. These people are kept under very inhumane conditions. If they are paid, they paid less than minimum wage, 
And I think that is a serious form of, of exploitation and would also fall under the definition of human trafficking. What are your thoughts on that, Ronita? Yes, definitely. Um, you say they would be lucky minimum wage. In some instances, they'd be lucky any wage as well. So I would concur that a very, very real and a very a tangible example that for yeah, it's 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 a it's a sad and sorry situation, and I don't think people realise that there's other forms that put their families at risk. So when we look at the more affluent families who think that they're not necessarily at risk, their children may be at risk. They, their children may have dreams of being models, of actors. They go onto different websites and then they find that perhaps the people they're dealing with have have a have an alternative um, 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 need or want for these people. Do you want to chat to me a little bit about why parents need to be so wary about who their their, their children and even their teens are talking to online? Yes, online safety is a very very important. Um, topic that needs to be discussed, especially between kids and their parents, because there is a very real process that traffickers and predators use to groom a child to make them and force them to do what the trafficker wants, sometimes without the child even knowing. That's why it's called grooming. So, just an overview of four pages. They will target the victim. Uh, they would be in touch of the victim. Um, they start filling a need. So, for example, the parent does not allow the child to indulge in activities um, or substances in some cases, uh, like drugs or going to nightclub or hanging out. Uh, sorry, hang on, or even as simple as getting them a cell phone. The trafficker would exploit this need by getting the child the cell phone, giving them access to drugs, and slowly turning them against their parent or their guardian and start isolating them. And then they would start with sexual contact, and then finally they would move on maintaining control of the child. So parents really need to be very careful and mindful of what their online online activity and presence is, Chad. Yeah, it's a, it's a very valid point. And, and people need to understand that trafficking and grooming takes all forms. And people mm. that think that they've signed up to a model contract and that they're going overseas to become a model may realize very quickly that that was not what the intended um, uh, visit was. It, it wasn't to go be scouted. It wasn't to go take part in a fashion show, but it was far more nefarious. And unfortunately, we have to always think worst-case scenario. We're chatting to Ramita Hanuman-Pillay about the dangers and the reality of human trafficking worldwide. We are aware that there are a little bit of technical difficulties. That's because we all um, are broadcasting remotely at this point in time due to lockdown. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what are the warning signs and what you can do to prevent trafficking and who you can assist. We'll be back after this. 
Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. You're listening to the Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on Hi FM. You're listening to the Confidential Brief. I'm chatting to Ramita Hanuman Pillay today about the international scourge of human trafficking, and it's not something that's gone away during lockdown. Trust me, we've just been so concerned and obsessed with the the dangers of COVID, very rightly so, but also we've forgotten about everything else that's going on in the world, and there's a lot of bad things happening out there. Ramita, what warning signs should people be looking out for if if they feel or they they need to look out for a family member, a friend, a niece, a nephew that that could be at risk of being um, trafficked? Okay, so it's very that we must first acknowledge that the reality, I think that's very important because many people, most of our population walk around and think that human trafficking doesn't happen, yet it does, and it could happen in their own backyard. So with regard to the safety of individuals, here are some tips that would assist Everybody, do not give your number, address, or personal details to strangers. Here we talk a personal and an online person. So if you don't know somebody, for example, on Facebook, on Instagram, don't give them your WhatsApp number or your home address because this makes you a direct target for a trafficker. Don't agree to meet someone at Chapitru. And if anybody is making you uncomfortable, chances are your gut feeling is guiding you in a direction you need to, um, you know, not speak to this person anymore and block them either from social media or your group of friends, whatever the situation is. There's very um, a blatant coercion side that takes place where someone would talk to you sweetly, some would even say, I love you, and ask to meet you. So that's what be guarded against. Um, another so, one, yes. So, so basic internet security is vital and teaching our children the dangers of, 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 of friendly communication. And carry on because that is something that we try to drill into parents and into our listeners is that they have to know who children are communicating with. Definitely. We're not saying that you should engage your child's privacy and go and check their practice. But at least have an idea of which websites or which social media your child has an account with. Because this will give you a heads up. If you see something on their profile that concerns you, chances are you So that's very important. And then there's also another um, issue where kids are sending pictures, not even kids, even adults. They're sending 
a new picture to strangers. You know, people that they don't know, people that um, have money and say, send me your picture and I'll send you 500 rand. Chad, somebody messaged me on Instagram, I think it was about four months ago, asking me for pictures of my feet and he'll send me $5,000. So it's, it's sick. So people need to be very careful about how they conduct themselves around people and also online. You you held a march and a demonstration in respect of an organization that had been uploading um, millions upon millions of pornographic movies. And it was a an international move to towards holding this organization accountable. And I think they removed... Um, Upwards of, of almost a third, maybe even a half or two thirds of, of their content. Tell us a little bit more about that demonstration. And then in closing, let our listeners know how they should be getting involved and what they can do from a, a social or civil perspective in fighting the scourge. Okay. So I'm leading the global trafficking hub campaign here in South Africa. Trafficking hub basically is a movement to hold the largest pornography website in the world accountable for their part in explicitly broadcasting actual videos of rape, child abuse, and the list goes on and on. So that's what Trafficking Hub is. And I can say it without fear that the website that we are speaking of is on. So it's been all over the media. We've had many expose articles. They've taken action after protesting that they've done nothing wrong. Eventually, I think everything just caught up to them. They removed about 10 million views from their site. Credit card companies that was linked with Pornhub, also cut ties with them. Their audit firm cut ties with them. So right now, we're in the middle of facilitating a suit of hundreds of millions of dollars for victims of Pornhub. We are calling them the children of Pornhub because their actual rape videos um, their trauma was formed, basically, and placed on Pornhub for profit purposes and for credit purposes for viewers. So that's what Trafficking Hub is. And we're and very, very happy. Well, the, the reaction worldwide has been incredible. And I believe that hundreds of, of thousands, if not millions of videos have been removed as a result of this international campaign. And for that, we thank you. We thank you for your local efforts. We thank you for the demonstrations that you arranged and for keeping it in the public eye. In closing, how do you recommend or advise our listeners to become more involved should this be something as a topic that they want to begin, be, 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 be active in? I think using your 
we seem to have lost you. Are you there? We do apologize for any technical difficulties. We are reporting um, remotely. We're going to take a break and see if we can get our guest back on the line. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. You're listening to The Confidential Brief live in Johannesburg on 101.9 FM. We're chatting to Rabita Hanamanpile about the scourge of human trafficking. And we're going to close off now with Rabita giving us advice how we can make a difference and get out there and try help these victims. Okay, so the main thing I would say is that use your voice, your your online presence, your social media, your ability to speak about the topic, use that and educate everybody that you know and just spread the message out there about the reality of human trafficking. Um you know, organize your own protest. Be safeguarded against everything that you see. And always, um, especially in public, walk around with one, you know, with both eyes open. And, yeah, just be very, very careful. That's what I would say. And, Ramita, how do people get involved in your organization that you represent locally, Trafficking Hub? Okay, so Trafficking Hub is not my organization. It's a global movement, but they can follow me on social media and send me an inbox, and then I will give them more information. My Instagram handle is at Romita underscore HP, and my Facebook page is Romita Hanuman Pele. So I do have a Facebook page as well called uh, Fact Human Trafficking is Real. So Everybody can go ahead and follow that. They will see updates on a daily basis. Um, yeah, and then I'll just help wherever I can. And I think it's important if you believe that you um, suspect somebody of being trafficked or is a trafficker, there's a national um, trafficking um, hotline for South Africans, which is always 100 So your first point of contact, if you think there's something wrong, should be that uh, hotline, which is zero eight hundred triple thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be uploading further information about how people can contact you and your fact page um, via our page, which is Confidential Brief Radio Show. And we thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a very important conversation. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a sad conversation. It's a conversation that most people don't want to have, but it's very necessary that we bring it out into the public domain and people speak more about it. And thank you so much for what you're doing for the victims of human trafficking. Thank you, Chad. Thank you so much for this opportunity and stay safe. And to all your listeners as well, please stay safe. That was Ramita Hanuman Pillay. She is an anti-human trafficking activist and an abolitionist because there is still slavery worldwide. It's just under new names and new guises. And it's something we all need to take cognizance of. It's a massive problem and it's a problem that impacts on our South Africans, on our Africans and on people on other continents. It's right here at home. You see it at the, at, at the traffic stops. Uh, you see it on the farms and it's something we need to do our bit.
you need to find out more information, go to the Confidential Brief Radio Show page on Facebook. We'll be uploading all the details of Ramita Hanuman Pillay. Next week, same time, same place, we'll be chatting to Shantini Naidu. She has written a book, Women Surviving Apartheid Prisons, a very important book because people seem to forget that there is still a legacy that exists every single day. You can see it around you with respect to spatial planning. You can see it around you with respect to the massive, massive, massive disparity between the haves and have-nots. My name is Chad Thomas. You've been listening to Confidential Brief every Monday live, 12 to 1. Uh, there's repeats during the week. And, of course, if you want to listen to the podcast, it will be uploaded within 24 hours at chayfm.com. My name is Chad Thomas. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll be back next week. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.